Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are on the eve of being able to be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ, and prepare for the 2022 Raiders putting together their roster. Who's going to be on the 53-man roster? Who's going to be the 46 that that dress out on game day? Well, it all really gets right going on tomorrow as we will be in attendance. We'll be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. We'll talk to some players. We'll talk to some coaches. And, of course, we'll bring it to you here on Raider Nation Radio 920. As we are on the eve, the Raiders have uh, just tweeted out, and they've also sent out the email that they have made a couple roster moves as of today. And it's funny because uh, one of these roster moves or some of these roster moves that they've made, I've actually been paying attention to and wanted to pay attention to to see what was going to happen and who was going to be available as training camp got started as far as the the uh, veterans are concerned. And so the Raiders just sent out a, a statement saying the they've, Raiders have signed wide, wide receiver Isaiah Zuber, who, by the way, uh, Zuber was in the uh, – in it was playing with the Houston Gamblers. I'm sorry. was playing with the Houston Gamblers uh, in 2022. So he was part of the USFL and played this past year. He's also spent a, just a cup of coffee in the NFL. He was with the Patriots in 2020, the 49ers in 2021, the Browns in 2021, and the New York Jets in 2021. So uh, all part of just the offseason or practice squad. Nothing really done in the NFL. He has two career catches and 29 career yards. Again, uh, wide receiver Isaiah Zuber, who – just recently played in the USFL with the Houston Gamblers. But that's not really the, the important news. The important news is who is not going to be practicing uh, early when training camp gets started, who was put on the physically unable to perform list today, and that is defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins, cornerback Trayvon Mullen Jr., and defensive tackle Bilal Nichols. So those three have been added to the physically unable to perform list, which uh, I have I've said very uh, a bunch of times as far as as far as uh, you know training camp goes and health goes and availability goes. I think as many guys that, that could be out there and and show and give as many reps as possible and show this new regime what they're made of is very important. So to have a couple dudes that, again, you know what they bring to the table and Jonathan Hank is a defensive tackle, Bilal Nichols, even Trayvon Mullen. I mean, you feel like you have a pretty good idea what all three of those guys could bring to the table. In a new regime, new coaching staff, you'd like to get out there sooner rather than later and uh, show a little something and show what you could bring to the table, especially at that interior of the defensive line. Actually, both positions. I mean, the more I think about it, both positions are uh, important positions and, and positions that I think that everyone would agree there's a, a, a few concerns as far as the Raiders are concerned. So, uh, Jonathan Hankins, Trayvon Mullen, and Bilal Nichols all on the physically unable to perform list to start training camp. So we'll uh, continue to update you, but we will be at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ tomorrow, talking to some coaches, talking to some players, and ready to get this thing going. So that should be fun. We'll bring all that audio, all that sound to you uh, right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And Damon Cotton, he's at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at the house studio. And I'll tell you right now, there's going to be a lot of this during training camp because the times that they 
are having practice and the times that they're having media availability. It's not going to be enough time to get from practice all the way back to the radio station, so there's going to be a lot of shows from uh, Raiders HQ from their studio that they have upstairs, which is a beautiful studio. I know JT is going to do some of his shows there. I'll do some of my shows there for, as well. And then there'll be other shows that'll be from the house. And it's just kind of what it is right now, just because there's so much going to be going on and, and we've just got to be everywhere, right? We've got to cover everything. So uh, you have to just uh, bear with us. Like I said, we're going to be uh, all over the place, Raiders HQ. And also I'll be uh, doing some shows here from the house, but a lot going on. Training camp is uh, is here. Very excited about that, but wanted to bring the, the injury news and the injury updates to, to the forefront as we got things started. And I don't think that uh, you know Trayvon Mullen was a big surprise. Uh, I didn't know that Jonathan Hankins was, uh, was banged up and sure didn't know Bilal Nichols was banged up as a guy that they just signed as a free agent. So um, kind of surprising that those guys uh, are on the pup list, but I mean, it is it is what it is. We did know that Trayvon Mullen had a surgery on his on his lower extremities, as far as his toes concerned. I figured that's exactly what he uh, had surgery on, but who knows? So uh, that's that's how we start the show today, <laughs> bringing you a little bit of update as uh, before training camp really gets rolling. Now we got a lot to get to on today's show as we were out at the Las Vegas ballpark last night for the Battle for Vegas, the the game that the Golden Knights won for the first time. Uh, they were they won twenty seven to twenty, and it's so funny watching them during the home run derby. I remember after the uh, after the home run derby was over and once I was done with kind of the media availability time, I uh, I walked to the outfield where uh, my guy Vegas Jess and Jason and Demi and Lil Q and Lil Sarah were all out there hanging out watching the game and I told uh, I told Vegas Jess, I said, "Hey man, I think the Golden Knights are going to win this game. <laughs> they, those cats can hit. And I'll tell you, I don't know. They had some ringers on that team. I know that they were really focused in on winning. And at first, the Raiders got off to a really good start, and then it just kind of looked like the, the wheels fell off. So uh, shout-out to the Golden Knights team. Riley Smith was able to come away with the 27-20 to victory. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it was just a lot of fun being there. You could see all the fans that had a good time, and uh, there was a lot of Golden Knights representation. And I'm interested to see, as they continue to play in this uh, charity softball game, how the how it shifts if it shifts you know and, and that that's the fandom because it was overwhelming uh, golden knight fans they were still the 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 biggest the biggest draw out there was the golden knight fans and you can hear them loud and proud and i guess it didn't hurt that they had their their uh, their not rink announcer but the guy who does all the pa announcing at t-mobile arena he was doing that too hyping up the the crowd as well for the golden knights so uh, you know, playing at Las Vegas ballpark, I guess that's the, I guess that's an away game for the Raiders. But it, it was, again, it was fun being out there and just seeing all the fans and kind of realizing that, hey, everything is about to get started. And uh, as I asked a couple of the Raiders last night, we got to talk to them. Uh, you know, is this the last hurrah before training camp? It's like, yep, <laughs> pretty much. I think that's what uh, AJ Cole had to say. He's like, yeah, after after this game, it's a done deal. We get back to the grind, which is training camp. So. There's that. Uh, quick updates real quick on uh, Isaiah Zuber, his USFL stats from this past year. 322 receiving yards, 22 catches, 5 touchdowns, 425 kick return yards. So uh, he's got a little something-something. Uh, I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. I just think he's going to be another guy, you know, filling a, a roster spot, and he'll go out there and compete. But I don't think that it's a guy that you're going to hear a whole lot from. But, you know, you'll probably see him in a lot of special teams drills. And uh, if he's a guy that ends up, you know, being something for the team, he'll probably rely heavily on the special teams, but that was a little bit of the stats from Isaiah Zuber, the new wide receiver that the Raiders just signed. Coming up on the show today at 3 o'clock, we have Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver. Uh, he played for the Falcons. He played for the Tennessee Titans. Really good dude. Uh, he's also an ESPN NFL analyst right now. He's going to join the show and talk about 
training camp as the veterans have to report tomorrow. Uh, you know, what's it like? What's it like for an NFL veteran knowing, hey, tomorrow's the day that we have to report. This is what we've got to do. It's, it's grind time. It's go time. So we'll talk to Harry Douglas about that. Plus, I've done some shows with them on ESPN National Radio, and he's told me many times that he likes what's going on with the Raiders. He likes the addition, obviously, of Devontae Adams, thinks that Derek Carr is a really good quarterback and that there's going to be some good things happening with the silver and black. He knows some people on the coaching staff. So uh, we'll pick Harry Douglas's brain, all things NFL. That's going to come up at 3 o'clock. Then at 3.30, Brian Salmon from News 3 Las Vegas. He's going to join the show. He was actually one of the MCs last night at the Battle for Vegas. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to him about you know his point of view as he talked to just about every player, both the Golden Knights and uh, the Raiders, just when they came walking up, when they got to bat, you know, all the guys that took the field, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, everyone who was out there. And uh, Beast Mode was definitely in his own little Beast Mode type uh, type of way. You know, there was a guy that brought out a, a – um, Buffalo Bills jersey, right? He brought this Buffalo Bills jersey out that was Marshawn's jersey, and it was autographed, and he actually exchanged it for Marshawn's Raider jersey, his team Josh Jacobs jersey that he had uh, on at the game. So he comes walking out of the dugout and walks onto the field, and, and some fans get their, his attention. So he goes over and signs some autographs, and this guy pulls out his Buffalo Bills jersey and, uh, and hands it to him. And so Marshawn switches jerseys with him. So the whole game he played in his Buffalo Bills jersey. So a lot of, a lot of people hit me up and said, why does he represent Buffalo and not the Raiders? And, well, that was the reason why. It was a jersey swap that he had with the fan that was there. So I thought that was really cool. I mean, you go to the game, you want to watch this uh, – this this fun little charity event between the Golden Knights and the Raiders, obviously the two uh, massive uh, professional sports here in Las Vegas, and you walk away with uh, Marshawn Lynch's jersey, right? And I know you had to exchange the jersey that you had, but it was you know it wasn't one of those. It wasn't like a game worn jersey or anything. It was just a. a, a Reebok re- replica jersey for the, the Buffalo Bills jersey. So I thought it was a cool little exchange, and I'm sure that that fan has a really cool story to tell. So we'll talk to Brian Salmon about all, all things that happened at the ballpark. Plus, we'll talk to him about the beginning of training camp. You know, what's his expectations for the Silver and Black as they get started? And of course, he'll be out at, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, and there'll be so many of us out there uh, tomorrow in the next few weeks. And, and you know, time leading all the way up to Canton, Ohio, then leading up to the beginning of the regular season. So uh, we'll get Brian's thoughts. I'll come up at 3.30. Then at 4 p.m., we'll have our good buddy Mick Akers from the, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll join the show to talk about the ticket sales and just the revenue that the Raiders have created here in Las Vegas uh, just after one season with fans in Allegiant Stadium. And they were the number one uh, as far as profit goes. They were number one in profit and uh, revenue as far as ticket sales. And they weren't even the highest. They didn't even sell the most tickets. They were actually 25th as far as selling tickets, but they were first as as far as revenue goes. So uh, that lets you know, one, how expensive those tickets are, and two, it's also letting you know how many people are buying those tickets and the fact that people want to go to Allegiant Stadium and, and see the, the Raiders. And I know, of course, a lot of fans are going to say, yeah, but there's a lot of uh, you know out-of-towners and, and the guys going for the other team, and that's fine. I mean, hey, you, you want to go in there and, and you want to you want to pack that house out, and the more that the Raiders win games and do what they did in Week 18, the more that fans will decide that they don't want to sell their tickets, and instead they're going to go to the game and check out a hell of a show. So that's that's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, we'll talk to Mick Akers at 4 o'clock about all things revenue that the Raiders have been creating in Allegiant Stadium and, and what's next because they have a lot – in uh, in store for you. So there's a lot coming up on today's show. Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver at 3, Brian Salmon at 3.30, and Mick Akers will close out our guest schedule at 4 p.m. With all that being said, let's go ahead now and jump into the opening drive. 
The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Coming up about 2.30, Darren Waller, Raiders tight end. You'll hear from him. I uh, had a couple minutes to, to catch up with him at the Las Vegas ballpark. And there's multiple players that you'll hear from throughout the course of the, the show, including Alex Leatherwood. You'll hear from, uh, uh, who else do we have? Josh Jacobs. You'll hear from A.J. Cole. All four of those guys you'll hear from throughout the course of today's show uh, before 5 o'clock, before it gets all wrapped up. You'll hear from all those guys. So coming up at 2.30, we'll start things off with Darren Waller. But as I was out there at the ballpark last night and I was checking out the players and them having a lot of fun and started thinking about the fact that, you know, training camp is right around the corner and they're going to get this thing started and get ready to put this team together, I started thinking about team leaders. You know, and, and one, there's team leaders that aren't going to put up stats. There's team leaders that are just going to be there, kind of like what Richie Incognito did, right? He was very helpful and very instrumental for, for helping that offensive line start to gel and really help with uh, Colton Miller. Those, that's something that's not going to show up in the stat sheet. But I started thinking about the stat sheet and started thinking about the guys who were going to have uh, big-time seasons, who we expected to have big-time seasons. So the question I want to throw out there to you, and we'd love to hear from you, at 702-365-9200 and the Salmon Ash text line is 6 9187 keyword R&R, &R, and I'll start things off with you, Damon. Who's going to be the team leader with the, as far as the Raiders are concerned when it comes to catches, touchdowns, sacks, and interceptions? So two offensive stats and two defensive stats. I'm not going to say touchdown passes thrown because we all know that's going to be Derek Carr, and if it's not, then there's a problem, right? So I'm not even going to throw that out there into the universe. But just want to know, who do you think will be the team leader in catches, team leader in touchdowns, sacks and interceptions and if you want to go a little bit further you could even say you can give me a, a number what you're expecting for that player to get if you want to you don't have to you can just give me the player uh and 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 we'll talk about that as the as it rolls in again 702-365-9200 and the salmon ash text line is 69187 keyword r and r for me and yeah for me let's start with me for me let's start with catches it's easy answer to say Devontae adams is going to get the most catches, right? I mean, we feel like that he's going to get the most catches, but I feel like Hunter Renfro is going to be really a close second. You know what I mean? Like, I think that he's going to get a sneaky amount of catches that may kind of surprise you. I think that obviously Devontae Adams is going to have the bigger impact, but I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden we look up and it's like, you know, week 10, week 11, and you're like, man, Hunter has that many catches? I just, I feel like he's going to be so open and they're not going to be able to pay as much attention to him as they would like to, and when I say they, I mean opposing defenses, that he's going to pile up. There's going to be some games where he just – he might have eight or nine catches in a game. You know, now there might be some games where he doesn't have any, and Devontae Adams has four, five, six, seven, whatever, or 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 is fed the ball like uh, Darren Waller was week one against Baltimore when he had 20 targets. <laughs> you know, I mean, there could be games like that where Devontae Adams comes out with that many targets. It really could be. But I just think that Derek Carr is going to try to distribute the ball as much as possible and – where I think that Devontae Adams is going to be the leading receiver as far as catches go, I do feel like Hunter Renfro is going to be a very close second. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that Devontae Adams is going to lead the team in catches. Not 100%. I'm so sure on it. Go take it to the bank. But but he's the leading favorite. He has to be. Just I, because I, of I the production so. that he's had so far. But touchdowns is the one where I think that I'm going to be a little – we might have a different answer here on touchdowns. Okay, so we'll, so we'll go ahead and go to touchdowns. What do you think about touchdowns? I'm going Darren Waller on touchdowns, and I'll give you the number 12. Ooh. 
12 touchdowns for Darren Waller. Yes, I think he's going to lead the team. So I, he's wow. got to have at least double digits. That would be a big-time season. I and, and I'm sure you have the numbers right in front of you. I'm not sure what his high in touchdowns are because I realize that Darren Waller doesn't get a whole lot of touchdowns. That's the one thing about Waller, He and that also goes back to the Raiders' struggles in the red zone. It's funny, every time that you hear Darren Waller talk as of late, and he talks about the new regime, he brings up the red zone and, and how they're going to be attention to detail when it comes to the red zone. And so, as a matter of fact, you'll hear him talk about that coming up at 2.30. Cassie Soto, who was at uh, the, the game last night, she asked him, what does the Raiders team look like under Josh McDaniels? And one of the things he said was discipline, but he also said going to be smart in the red zone. So uh, there, there's been a lot of emphasis on the red zone. And look, it's not even really training camp yet. You know, I mean, of course, the rookies and the injured players, they reported on Monday, but the vendors don't report till tomorrow, and there's already been a ton of emphasis on the red zone. So uh, the one thing I take away from that is that this new regime realizes the Achilles heel of the Raiders and realizes that they, they need to make sure that is shored up and not uh, uh, you know, an issue anymore moving forward because they've got to stop getting three. They've got to get seven. I mean, we will say that, and we talked about it so many times to nauseam, right? I mean, it's just, it's just, it, it, it's almost sickening thinking about how many times they didn't capitalize in the red zone. So I think that this new regime obviously has put a very uh, high emphasis on on making sure they capitalize when they get there. So you got twelve touchdowns for Darren Waller. Hmm. Okay. That's His career a, high is nine, and that okay. was the twenty twenty season. Okay. Okay. That's. So he's never had double digits, and you're going 12. Oh, that's not bad. Oh, man. Okay. I, was, I was leaning Darren Waller at first, too, but I don't want to make it seem that easy that I'm just piggybacking off of you. So now I've really got to break it down and think a little <laughs> bit more because I do feel like he's going to have a better and more successful season in the red zone because of Waller, because of uh, Adams, and because of Hunter Renfro. And, and I think that there's uh, obviously going to be uh, some kind of some, – some uh, emphasis on the run game as well. Josh Jacobs and, and Zamir White are, are both going to be guys that are going to be punched in quite a bit in the red zone and, and, you know, down by the goal line. So, man, you said Hunter and – or you said uh, Darren and 12. Because I'm thinking about I'm it like gonna he's go, going to be performing oh, like it's a contract year. You know, like what they say, like, oh, yeah. it's a contract year, so that guy really balled out. I feel like he's going right, to be approaching sure. this season as if it's a contract year. Like no, he's I playing for that, that. next I, contract. For sure. No, I, I could definitely see that. Oh, man, I just – I'm trying to think, and, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to go back, and I'm actually going to look at what Hunter Renfro had because I really want to lead lean towards Hunter. I just think he's going to have a, a monster season. I really do. Um, you know, we've talked to guys like Tim Brown who said he's not going to have as many catches, but he's going to have more effective uh, yardage. So Hunter Renfro had nine touchdowns to lead the Raiders last year, and he had 103 catches for 1,038 yards. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have – 100 catches, but I do think he's going to be close. I, I just think he's going to be really close to whatever Devontae Adams gets. Uh, Devontae Adams will have more yards, no doubt about it, and probably more touchdowns as well. But I just feel like that answer is too easy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just feel like that is too easy of an answer to go with touchdowns and go with uh, Devontae Adams. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep rolling with Hunter Renfro. This theme that I got going, I'm going to keep rolling with Hunter Renfro, and I'm just going to say he's going to have nine touchdowns just like he did a year ago. I think that it's going to be more evenly distributed. You know what I mean? Like he, no one might get double-digit touchdowns because all these guys are going to be so busy and active in the, you know, in the red zone. So I, I think that I'm going to say Hunter Renfro, and I'm going to say nine. How about that? Now, now let's move on. Who's? Let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Who's going to lead the team in sacks? Ooh, it's you know it's you know it's the two. 
Max or Chandler. But I do right. think that Max steps it up this year and gets some of those sacks that he was missing because, you know, he led the league in pressures. We all know that stat, led the league in yeah, pressures yeah, last yeah. season. So I think he's going to step it up with sacks. I want to I want to aim high and say 15, but I do think he's going to lead the team regardless. Okay, okay. Um, I'm going to say I, I agree with you 100%. I'm going to say that Max is going to step up and, and, uh, and lead the team in sacks, but I'm going to roll with – 10 is his career high. He had 10, 7, then 8 last season. So he's got 25 career sacks. Uh, I'm saying playing across from Chandler Jones, that's going to go for a couple. I think the scheme that they're going to play is going to go for a couple. Uh, I'm going to roll I'm gonna roll with 12. I'm going to say your number that you think that, uh, that Darren Waller is going to have for touchdowns, I think that number for Max Crosby for sacks. He'll have 12, and that'll be a career high. So then he'll have – Two years of double-digit sacks and two years just under double-digit sacks, and I think that that'll be uh, that'll be a really good season, obviously, for Max Crosby, who I believe is going to continue to push himself and push himself and push himself to greatness. And I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but he has a, a brand new Rolls Royce, and I love the fact that he embraces and loves being a Raider. Uh, he has a brand new Rolls Royce that he just tweeted out the picture to earlier or picture of earlier, and it's definitely silver and black. And so uh, basically he said the silver and black lifestyle is addicting, and that thing is sweet. You want to talk about one sweet set of wheels, man. Jeez, that thing. Now, of course, it comes with a sweet price, not the price that I could afford or you could afford. <laughs> but, but, man, oh, man, I mean, if you, if you have the money to go and get something like that, you go and get something like that. That thing is so – have you seen that picture yet? Oh, yeah, I've seen it. He's standing proudly, too, arms folded in front. Oh, as oh, he man. should. <laughs> As he should. If if man, if that was mine, I'd I'd stand proud in front of it too. <laughs> that thing is sweet. So yeah, shout out to Max Crosby who loves being a member of the Raiders. Obviously, just got the contract extension, but uh, that that silver and black lifestyle, as he said, is addict is, is addicting. All right, now I think this was going to be the toughest category ever. Who's going to lead the team in interceptions, and how many do you think they're going to have? I'm going to go Nate Hobbs. He's my answer. But the number, that's a, the number it's hard to actually pinpoint because, you know, you, you look at who had interceptions last season. As we know, not a lot. And then I went to see, hey, Rocky Sin, we don't know too much about him. He didn't have one last season either. But right. you, you assume that he's going to be the number one corner on the depth chart. So I was like, I'm going to go inside with the slot with Nate Hobbs, and I'll give him four. Okay, I'm going to go on the back end. I'm going to go with my guy from TCU, Trayvon Merrick, second-year safety. I'm going to roll with him, and I'm going to say he leads the team with interceptions, and he'll have five. And the, the thing about it is the Raiders need to make sure that they find a way to capitalize and get these uh, turnovers. They've got to create some turnovers this year, and we say it every single year. They've got to get a couple more uh, possessions per game, right? And that's always not going to be uh, an interception or a fumble recovery, whatever, you know, but they've got to find ways to get their offense on the field just a couple more times a game. If they can get on the field a couple more times against Kansas City, steal a possession here or two against Kansas City, steal a possession against the Chargers, that's how you win games. That's how you consistently win games is getting a couple more possessions and putting that high-power offense, which I do believe they're going to have a high-power offense, back on the field. That's going to be the key. If you can get that offense back on the field, I think that that is when you find a way to success. That's how you maximize who you have on your team and the weapons that Derek Carr has to throw the ball to and, of course, the running backs as well. When you look at Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and Zamir White, and oh, by the way, Kenyon Drake played last night 
to my surprise, he played last night. And Demon, it sounds like you were spot on that that he's pretty healthy. Uh, he was hitting dingers. He was hitting plenty of home runs. Uh, he was running the bases and looking fine. And look, I know that it's not. I know that this is not a, a football game, but. Uh, he was looking pretty good, and he's not on the pup list. So there you go. You know, as my concerns, I had a lot of concerns over Kenyon Drake and his health uh, yesterday before the game started. But during the game, and matter of fact, even before the game, when he talked to a few of the, the members of the media, I didn't get a chance to talk to him, but uh, I could see him talking to him. He, he looked happy. He looked like he was in a good place. So uh, that could be a good surprise. That could be a big surprise for me that Kenyon Drake is a, is a big-time contributor early during training camp. So that's, that's, a, that's a plus right there. I, w- I would consider that a win if you're the Raiders and a win if you're Kenyon Drake because, again, being out there for this new regime, I believe, is really important. But uh, we'd love to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. DeMond, who'd you say we have up? Uh, we got passionate Raider. And real quick, I want to just cape for Kenyon Drake real quick. The past season with his injury, you know, you, you're not injury prone if somebody, if a 300-pound lineman just falls on you the wrong way. So he's not like an OBJ type where it's just like, man, he just can't stay healthy. I think it was more Well, he has had plenty of injuries, But though, that, that in, same in type of career. tackle, that's why he wanted to bring it up because that same type of tackle took him out right. two seasons in a row. So it's unfor- right. It's just bad luck on his part. Not that his body is actually, you know, injury prone. You know, right. 300-pound I mean, guy pound yeah. falls on you. You know, it's hard well, for anybody's course, ankle I mean, to sustain that. You're, you're, play, you're playing in the NFL, and 300-pound guys are going to fall on you all the time, right? And I, I get it. I know what you're saying, and, and you're not wrong. But, I mean, it's, it's the nature of the beast. That's, just what, that's why the game is so violent. That's why when these guys can go and get their money, uh, I, I'm not mad at them. Right. I'm just, I'm just not because I understand that this game, like you mentioned, is so violent and you can have one terrible tackle by a 300 pound guy and all of a sudden bust your leg. Right. And then what? You know, so I understand when these guys go and uh, and get their money. That's the exact reason why. But uh, once you start missing time in the league, regardless of what the reason is or how you got tackled or how it happened, you get labeled. You get labeled as a guy that's injury prone. Uh, I mean, hell, look at look at the, the conversation around Josh Jacobs. Oh, well, he's always banged up. Well, if you go back and look, he hasn't missed that many games in his career. I think he's missed, like, what, six? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he hasn't missed a whole lot of games. Now, I, I agree that during games you see that he's banged up and you see him limping or you see, you know, this, that, and the other, but he's a tough dude. He's out there always working. You know, he's only missed a handful of games in the course of his career. He's not Christian McCaffrey, who's missed 24 games in two seasons. I'll never let that go, by the way. I'll n- I will never let that go. The fact that Christian McCaffrey's missed 24 games in two seasons and yet is on the top 10 running back list. And then an honorable mention was Saquon Barkley, who's missed, what, 24 games or 23 games in, in four years. I mean, it's just, I don't know, that's, that, that's too much for me. That, you want to talk about injury prone? Those cats are definitely injury prone. I don't mind putting that label on them. I understand what you're saying about Kenyon Drake, but I don't mind putting my label on McCaffrey and uh, putting that label on, on Saquon Barkley. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our guy, Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, dude? Man, good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, AQ. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Jones, the rookie. I think the rookie's gonna have more yards this year than Jacobs. I, I, I just got a feeling that he's gonna come in thirsty, hungry, and he's gonna really try to show out. And I'm just not quite sold yet. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I'm just not quite sold yet that Josh is gonna be all, all, all in, knowing that he doesn't have a contract going on for next year. I mean, there is a business side to it. You don't want to get hurt and mess it up for the next year. So I'm just going to say I think the rookie's going to be better on the running back. I'm going to take Hunter Renfro for the wide receiver because, I mean, how are you going to, how are you going to double everybody on our team if we stay healthy? I mean, this all goes to is, is, is how the health of the receivers 
play out because you're going to have a double on Adams, a double on Waller. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to double Renfro in, in our other back or coming out? I, I just don't see how it's going to happen. And third, I think the most sacks this year. I really, I'm going to give, I'm going to give it to Crosby this year, man. I think Crosby's going to come out here and listen here, hear me, Mad Max. I think he's going to come out here and let everyone know they're all a team, but I think he's just going to let everyone know that this is his team. He's the man running this. He's the one in control of that defense. It's his team to take control of. And I just believe Mad Max is going to give us one hell of a year this year. Q, I'm still fired up, man. I got my first first place on the, on, on the tournament this year. Four years of grinding hard, getting my teeth kicked in. I pulled a first place out on Sunday with a big bass, man. I walked out of there with the big cojones that day, and I'm still smiling ear to ear because that's something I really put my heart into, man. And, and I know what these athletes do when you get that taste of victory, man. It, it's just it's something that just it's a feeling that just you can't compare it to anything else, man. So I think we're down to, what, 63 days until kickoff, man. I'm getting more juiced and juiced and juiced. A lot of people, we keep seeing all this Derek Carr for MVP and all this. You know, yeah, we would love that to happen. But, Q, I just want a playoff win first, man. I, I don't want everyone crowding this man before the ball is even hiked, man, because anything can happen. Let's just go out one game at a time because there's been, what, three years now Derek Carr's been talked about in the MVP, and something always falls off. Right, I don't want that pressure on this man. I just want this man to go out there, play confident, not get scared when he gets inside the 20, and get happy feet, and just trust the play. Trust the play, Derek. I don't want to see no come up to line, we're good, we're good, we're good. Jacob smacks in the backfield for one yard, or no yards, or nothing. Just trust the play, mm-hmm. be confident, and know the Raider Nation's behind you. Let's go, <laughs> There he goes right there. Good call, man. Passionate Raider right there. Very passionate about the silver and black. And uh, very passionate about the big bass uh, fishing as well. Congratulations, man. That's cool. I know a lot of folks uh, that love fishing. I'm not one of them. I, I just can't get in, into it. It's not enough action for me. Uh, but, hey, when you win, uh, there's plenty of action, right? So uh, congratulations on that. I think that's really cool. Uh, I think Derek will be fine. I really do. Uh, I'm not talking about MVP with him. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just talking about going out there and executing because I do believe that he's got a uh, he's got a big time season ahead of him. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize how big of a season he can have ahead of him. And if he goes out there and wins a lot of games and Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Devontae Adams put up a bunch of yards and score a bunch of touchdowns, guess what? That all that MVP conversation, that'll happen at the right time. That'll happen when it needs to happen. So I'm not worried about that right now. I'm just worried about them getting through training camp, being as healthy as possible, and going out there and executing starting September 11th against the Chargers. But uh, let us know, just like Passionate Raider did, let us know, 702-365-9200 or the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Who do you think is going to lead the team in catches, touchdowns, sacks, and interceptions, and you can even throw in a bonus like Passionate did, and said the said the running back position. I think it's a a no a, a foregone conclusion that Josh Jacobs is going to lead the team in rushing yards, but maybe he won't. So you can uh, chime in like Passionate Raider did. Two thirty is the time when we come back. Darren Waller got a couple minutes to catch up with him last night at the ballpark, the Las Vegas ballpark for Battle for Vegas. You'll hear that next. This is Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
I'm real excited. I, I started I started already today. Rookie, uh, uh, rookies and uh, guys that were hurt during the spring had a report today, so I'm already locked in. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. That was Kenyon Drake right there from last night at Battle for Vegas. You heard him. I'm already locked in. Rookies and guys that were hurt had to report on Monday. Kenyon Drake still basically banged up a little bit, but as you see, he's not on the physically unable to perform list, a.k.a. the pup list. He's not on that, but Jonathan Hankins, cornerback Trayvon Mullen, and defensive tackle Bilal Nichols are on the pup list, and that's two defensive tackles. So you would think that, hey, man, the interior line, it's, uh, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be stressed a little bit, right? Well, the one thing, and Tashawn Reed actually pointed this out on Twitter, Tashawn Reed from The Athletics said, you know what, with, uh, with Hankins and Bilal on the pup list, that's probably going to give a good opportunity and a good look for Neil Farrell Jr. and Matthew Butler, guys that are rookies that were just drafted uh, this past draft. So uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great point. You know, you want to talk about guys that have an opportunity to make a, an impact? Well, have Jonathan Higgins and Bilal Nichols out. Then all of a sudden the young dudes at the defensive tackle position, they'll have that opportunity. And I know that the Raiders brought in a bunch of defensive tackles throughout the course of the uh, offseason, you know, through free agency and then also a couple, uh, by drafting a couple in, in the past draft. But to have your guys that you expect to be starters out immediately, I think that's a, a minor st- a setback. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor pointed out that it was something that was expected. So it's not something that's new. So that's a positive. But uh, I think that, that uh, Tashawn brings up a great point. It gets some, some the young dudes some burn, right, and see what they can do. And, you know, sometimes guys will make a, a big-time impression early on. And so that's that's a good point right there. I know a lot of people are real high on Matthew Butler, uh, but we'll see what Neil Farrell Jr. could do as well. Uh, some couple defensive tackles that are going to get some burn early uh, instead of uh, having to sit behind Jonathan Hankins and Bilal Nichols. So uh, we want to hear from you throughout the course of the show at 702-365-9200. We've been talking about – Guys, what you think, who you think is going to lead the team in multiple categories? Who's going to be the team leader in catches, touchdowns, sacks, and interceptions? And we've got a lot of good feedback. And uh, Shashi hit us up on Twitter, myself and Damon, at your boy Q254, at Damon underscore the boss. You can also hit up Radio Nation Radio 920 at RNR 920 AM on Twitter. And Shashi said, Carr's been waiting to throw to Adams for nine years. We know how Carr is with a wide receiver he trusts. Yes, he trusts Waller and Renfro, but Adams came for Carr. Carr is going to feed Adams. These dudes will be on a mission. Adam will lead in all categories. What do you think about that, Demond? I mean, once he puts it like that, he's not wrong. So Darren Waller, I just think that he's going to get more of those red zone opportunities because I do think that Devontae Adams is going to be more heavily covered down there. So, I mean, he's not wrong. I see where he's coming from is all I'm saying. Right. No, and, and I do too. And I just think that everyone in the league knows who Devontae Adams is. And so they're going to immediately try to take him away if possible. But again, it's such a pick your poison because they have so many options. And I've said this before, Devontae Adams has never had a situation where he wasn't double covered or he's seeing, you know, he's seeing a single coverage. He's going to get that opportunity at times now, because if you double him, Darren's open. If you double Darren, Devontae's open. If you double, you know, whatever, Hunter's open. I mean, it's just, you know, like I said, pick your poison. So I just think that certain teams are going to decide, okay, today Devontae's not going to beat us. Today you're going to have to pick someone else to beat you. And if it's Darren, then they'll tip the cap and say, okay, he did his job. If it's Hunter, they'll tip the cap and say, okay, he did his job. Simple as that. Sometimes you just say that guy's not going to beat us. It's almost like in a hoop game where you're like, okay, I know he's going to get his, but make someone else on the court beat you. And a lot of times teams 
can't do that, you know, or teams, uh, you know, will get a guy that that's uh, a hell of a player and will step up and will make that happen. Uh, the Raiders have opportunities, man. They have so many offensive weapons that even if the, a team says, okay, today Waller's not going to go for 10 catches and 115 yards, well, that's probably the day that Devontae is going to go for 10 catches and 120 yards, right? I mean, it's just the possibility is so large. Uh, Marcelo, a.k.a. Raider Vice, hit us up on Twitter and said, Q, don't forget that Allegiant Stadium has gotten awards for best value, guest experience, and customer service. Be sure to bring that up with Mick Akers, hashtag Vice Raider. And, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, they are definitely getting awards for a lot of good things, and, and that's a – that I mean, Allegiant Stadium is great for the Raiders. It obviously is going to create a bunch of revenue. But I'm just so pumped up by all the different events that are coming to Las Vegas because of Allegiant Stadium. When you have it, what's that old saying that they said? If you build it, they'll come. That's, that's exactly what, what it is. They built it, and now everything is coming. And sooner rather than later, you're going to see the college football national championship game played here. I, I know it's not right away. I know it's not going to be, you know, in a year or two, whatever. But it's going to happen. And, it, and when it does, it's going to be amazing, right? I mean, and, and there's going to be a point where the NFL is going to say, hey, you know what? We don't really want to travel around with the draft. Let's just keep going back to Vegas. I mean, there's just so many different events that are going on here, and Allegiant Stadium is a massive reason why. You know, I think the Pro Bowl is going to, going to find a place to, to hunker down and stay for a while, and that's going to be at Allegiant Stadium. There's just, you know, concerts on top of concerts. How many – Devon, how many WWE events have gone on at Allegiant Stadium since? You, I mean, you know, since it's been here. SummerSlam last year was one of the highlights for me being in Allegiant Stadium. I know the Raider games, but SummerSlam there, it just it hit different. I'll say that right now. Right. It's just it's it's just a it's a massive attraction, and everyone wants a piece of it. And what we've learned. Every though, even though nobody wanted anything to do with Vegas for the longest, everybody wants to do with Vegas, right? Everybody wants a piece of Vegas now. Now that they see all these teams thriving and all the, uh, all, all the sports, how they're blowing up, everybody wants a piece. That's why the Major League Baseball is talking about, yeah, A's, go ahead and go. We won't even charge you a relocation fee. Like, they're begging them to go to Vegas. That's just they, just they want to have the same effect. But I will say this, that the A's in Vegas – and regardless where they play, wouldn't have the same effect as Allegiant Stadium. It'll have it'll have a good effect, especially because they'll have like all star games, like they're having at Dodger Stadium tonight. They'll have events like that, which will be great. That'll be fantastic. But just that team, <laughs> that team, as long as they continue to operate the way they do, will not be fantastic. As an A's fan, it pains me to say that, but their organization is so poorly ran, and those that upper management is such is so piss poor that it, it just it, it makes me angry just by the different moves that they make. Let's go back out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Raider Rod. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Good, good. How are we doing today? Good. How you good. doing? Uh, all right, so um, just to comment on the, the topic of the day, for my leaders, I, I know I've already said this. I'm going to reiterate it again. Max is coming after that sack record. I got Max for 17. Okay. He has 17 sacks. Because he's going to do all the pressures and then some this year. Um, I think Devontae Adams definitely going to lead in receptions. Approaching 100, maybe 99, maybe 105. But I see him getting that many balls. And I got three guys getting 10 touchdowns. Max, I mean, Hunter, Hunter, Darren Waller, and Devontae Adams all getting 10 touchdowns. And that leads you guys to do the math and figure Derek Carr is going after that Raiders touchdown record because if he's got 30 with those three guys, well, you know what? There's another 7 to 10 on the way for everybody else. 
<laughs> so that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at this team really, really being able to explode. I know that they, they being the national media, may have opinions on maybe we got away with too many, six walk-off wins, all that stuff. For me, I see it as the slow build to what is coming. And you know what? Thursday begins. Thursday begins our journey, gentlemen. So I can't wait. Let's go Raiders. <laughs> there he goes, Raider Rod. Thank you for the call, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And uh, I, I should have asked him before we let him go, DeMond, how many touchdown passes he thinks uh, Derek Carr is going to have if he has 30 for those three guys. I know he said that he wants to break or he, he's going for the, the, the record for touchdowns for the Raiders organization. Uh, so that, that's going to be interesting. I, I don't know. I don't know if those three guys are going to total 30, but uh, I can, like, if they get on a roll and they throw the ball into the end zone like I'm expecting them to do instead of sideline to sideline, I, I can see that. I think he'll have to take a step back a little bit from the, run, from the running backs getting some, uh, some scores in the, in the red zone, but uh, who cares who gets them, right? You just want to make sure that the team goes out there and gets them. So keep your, your calls and your texts coming at 702-365-9200. Salmon has text line at 69187. Let's go ahead and jump into Darren Waller. It's just a couple minutes. We got him before he uh, actually got into action last night at the Battle for Vegas. Here's that quick conversation led off by, I believe, Heidi Fang or else Cassie Soto. How excited are you for the Hall of Fame game coming up? You have Slip Branch going in and being inducted. What does that mean to you as a Raider? Um, it means that it's possible, you know, just to see that. It's an example, a guy that's, you know, part of the Raider family. And just to be up there and to see everybody's faces, everybody's buses, you know, to be able to see, like, that's, that's things that guys like we strive for one day down the road, that if we keep plugging in day in, day out, that we could be there. So to be there and to be in that environment is going to be inspiring. A lot of people talking about you, Devontae Hunter, the trio. How uh, very excited. I'm just excited to be with those guys on a day in, day out basis. We threw this morning and just I just enjoy being around those guys as people. You know, when you do that, it makes working together that much easier and I feel like the product on the field is gonna take care of itself. What does Devontae bring to the Raiders that is kind of like a maybe different or unique that you haven't seen yet? Uh, just a calm confidence at being the best in the world at what he does. Um, and just being elite and being in championship environments, NFC championships every year, you know, on the brink of being in, being to where we want to be. And we haven't been there, so to have him and his his mindset is uh, very valuable to us. How hungry are you to get back to the playoffs after the taste last year? Um, yeah, very hungry. Um, that's environments that we want to be in. We don't want to be going home early and watching everybody else. We want to be in those environments and, uh, and making those two, three plays that changes the outcome, whereas we got sent home last year. We want to be able to keep that run going, so very hungry. Getting your health back, how does it feel to finally be like back to full health and get back out there? Yeah, it feels great, man. You know, it's a violent game, but uh, sometimes you take lumps, but I feel great right now. I'm ready to get this chapter started. Some people may have forgot about you because you were away a little bit with the COVID and the injuries that you had. Uh, I mean, that's okay. That's on them, you know. I, I know I know what I bring to the table, uh, and I know that being a part of this team, uh, it's going to be a special year, so I'm excited about right now. What does a Raiders team under Josh team under Josh McDaniels looks very disciplined, uh, great situational football, uh, great in the red zone, you know, great in situations where it counts, you know, those clutch situations, whereas there may be times we didn't make those plays before, they're putting an emphasis on it since April that, you know, these are situations we're going to thrive in, so just very detailed. You did an interview recently where you were talking about your music and how you make time for your music every day because it's something you need. How important is it for you to make that time for your music? Uh, extremely important. Uh, it gives me a balance, you know, it, gives, it allows me to step away from the game after I pour everything I have into it that day and to just recharge and kind of fill my cup back up so the next day I go to football, you know, 
the human being is ready to go and, and do the work that he has to do. Uh, so, yeah, music is just a great balance for me to step outside of football and outside of the expectations and the pressure just for a little bit and then plug back in and go to work. Even when things weren't going that great, it still, you know, it kind of made you find yourself? Yeah, no, it's a great it's a great outlet for me. No matter what emotions or thoughts I may be having, uh, music does that for me and it, and it puts my soul in a place that uh, I enjoy it on a daily basis. So, very valuable. There's Darren Waller right there last night. As you could tell, the crowd was getting amped up. The hype man was getting them amped up. It was a lot of fun out there at Las Vegas Ballpark, Battle for Vegas. Darren Waller talking about discipline. That's what a Josh McDaniels team looks like, a situational football, red zone, all that he brought up. And I thought that was some really good stuff. Even though it was a couple minutes and it was very loud, Heidi Fang, Cassie Soto, and myself all had an opportunity to talk to one Darren Waller. 248 is the time. Keep your calls and texts coming, 702-365-9200. We'll come on back, close out hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Coming up at the top of the hour, Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver, current ESPN NFL analyst. He'll join the show to talk all things Raiders, talk wide receivers, talk about what it's like on the eve of getting to training camp, having to report to training camp, what it's like. We'll talk with Harry Douglas coming up at 3 o'clock. But we threw the question out there to you. Who will be the team leaders in catches, touchdowns, sacks, and interceptions? You want to go with the running back position? You could do that as well. Feel free to hit us up, 702-365-9200. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword r and this one comes from the Salmon Ash text line. Mailman Raider Q, I'll take a different route and say Divine Diablo takes a big step and leads the team in tackles, and Chandler leads the team in forced fumbles. So there you go. Mailman Raider, while he's delivering that mail, he's getting that mail off and getting it into the mailbox on time. He's also thinking about uh, what the Raiders' defense could do and talking about Chandler Jones leading the team in forced fumbles. And that is an area that he thrives in. I mean, absolutely thrives. So I, 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 I like that. That's a good breakdown right there, and I could definitely see that happening. And then Divine Diablo takes a step forward and leads the team in tackles. That could be something. I would go out there and say that it'll probably be Denzel Perryman, but – same position, makes sense, right? The linebacker position, both those guys, I think, are possibly in for a big season. Obviously, it's a new regime and new scheme, but uh, I think those guys are going to be able to find a way to make it happen. So thank you so much for that text, Mailman Raider. I do appreciate you. Now, let's go out to the phone lines and talk to our guy, Raider Dave in Denver. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Hey there. I think that Renfro uh, is going to get a lot more opportunities. I don't remember the Patriots – uh, slot receivers making a whole lot of touchdowns on those teams, mm-hmm. but I think his, the number of catches will go up. I think the yards will go down for him. Um, I see the Raiders, you know, make one or two first downs after a touchback, and they get to midfield, throw it to Adams, 17, 20 yards down the field, and the guy runs like a gazelle. I think <laughs> he's the one that is the X factor that can go ahead and take it in from a catch around the 20, 25 yard line and kind of eliminate having a, a need to run plays in the red zone. So I would say he'll breach uh, 10, 12 somewhere around there, uh, TDs. I think uh, uh, Max will get 14 on the defensive side for sacks. And I have to go with you with Morig. I mean, I think he probably would have had three or four last year if he caught him. I think he had one in Denver. Uh, I'd see him getting four and probably leading the team. But I think the big surprise is going to be that if the Raiders, and I expect them to, uh, go 12-5 and five and win the division, uh, McDaniels gets coach of the year. Oh, okay. There you go. I like it. You know, going I got, a little, I yeah, a I like that. Going outside though. the box a little. There yeah, you go. I got a question for you. I think okay. that uh, who is in – well, here's the first one. I, when you came out with the pub list, I was surprised that Good wasn't on it. Yeah, uh, I, that's a good I'm point. I'm really excited about that. And then as far as all the running backs go, and I don't know what Abdullah does great, 
They've got some young running backs that have come in. Bolden's come over. They've got a fullback that comes over. So, you know, dressing out 46, who is really going to be that other running back? I think it's whoever capitalizes in the preseason returning kicks. And mm-hmm. I just don't know if they're going to give uh, the rookie running backs the opportunity to do that. I certainly hope so. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question, man. It's a good question. I think that you see some kind of rotation as far as the, the running backs go. Uh, I think Zamir White's going to have a, play a role this year. I think he's going to have a much bigger role next year. But uh, it's going to be interesting. It really will. That running back room is going to be a, definitely a storyline to pay attention to. How does it shape out? Who's going to be the top four? We know who the fullback's going to be. You know, Jacob Johnson, he's there to be the fullback. But – Brandon Bolden, he's a guy who's very familiar with the Patriots. He's got a two-year contract. Jacobs, obviously, you know what he brings to the table. Drake, when healthy, you know what he brings to the table. Uh, he could do multiple different things. Um, you know, Britton Brown, I think he's going to be a practice squad guy. Uh, Amir Abdullah, I don't think he's going to make the team. You know, I just it, it's, there's a, a lot of questions as far as that running back goes, uh, room goes, but it is really, really thick. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Slow Jam James. Welcome to the show, my man. My man Q, what's going on with you? Yeah, you know, I'm just hanging in the slow jam hour. What's going on, James? Not a whole lot. This this was really tough for me to decide because I kind of agree with that caller before the break where the offense is going to be really spread around. So there might be a leader, but it's not going to be really impressive numbers. So Mm -hmm. um, with that said, I'm going to say I'm sticking with Devontae. I think Devontae is going to be that guy that we're looking at about 1,200 yards and and touchdowns might be tied with either Renfro or Waller for, for, for 10. Um, I like Derek Carr somewhere between the 35 and 40 touchdown type range. Mm. And then on the defense, um, I, I like Hobbs. I think Hobbs is, is, is due for about uh, six picks this year. Um, and I know, I know Crosby is going to get his. He's going to get his. He's got some of the best moves in the game, but I am I'm feeling Chandler Jones and I'm thinking he's gonna be somewhere around twelve, maybe thirteen sacks. Okay. I like it. I so, like it. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Thank you so much. Hey James, before you go, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, uh did did you just release a podcast? Uh you know what? I did. I just released the podcast. It's still in its early draft stages, so I've only got I've only got one episode on there. I'm still working out the bugs, but yep, I'm trying to get it going. Okay, so is it in is it in the mode where I can tell people what it is, or or do you want to call back and let me know when it's ready? Oh no, no, you can you can listen to it now because I appreciate all the feedback. It's going to be on pretty much all the all of your favorite places to get podcasts. It's going to be called Let's Talk About It, um, and it's going to be me just talking about the stuff I like to talk about, which is the Raiders. There you go. Hey, well, good stuff, man. Congratulations. Go ahead and make it happen, man. Uh, it's always great for uh, some more content out there, so I appreciate you. Good stuff. That's Slow Jams appreciate James you. right there. Absolutely. And, uh, I, wh- of course, his, his show's called Let's Talk About It, right? I mean, a Slow Jam guy, of course he's going to let's talk about it. You got a problem? Let's talk about it with Slow Jam James. Hit me up on the hit me up on the Slow Jam lines. Hit me up right now. Come on, you're not feeling that? <laughs> Tomorrow's like, no, I'd like to I'd, I'd like to feel a break, Q. I'd like to feel a break. 259 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, talk to Harry Douglas, former NFL wide receiver and current ESPN NFL analyst, talk about what it's like being on the, the eve of training camp. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. The San Diego Padres try to take a bite.